You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 76 of the Great Synth 68 Podcast, dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm glad to be back this week. I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz. How are you both this evening? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. How about you, Chris? Yeah, good, thank you, Craig. Hopefully you've got over your uh, illness. Well, you can hear me now, so that's better yeah, than I was positive. last week. Oh, it was horrible. I had, I had, like, ringing in my ears for about four days in my right ear. It was, it was horrible. Beautiful. Uh, we start this week's show with the news that Birmingham City have signed defender Georgia Brougham from Everton on loan until the end of the season. The 23-year-old has also previously played for Manchester City. We've been demanding another centre-back, Chris, and one finally arrives. Yeah, it's it's good to have defensive cover. Um, you know, one with one with WSL experience as well, which is a positive. Um, you know, and hopefully, obviously, she'd. Uh, she didn't play um, <clears throat> against Man City, but was in the squad. So, you know, hopefully she's uh, she's fit and raring to go and ready to help us out if we if called upon from now until the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think she played only four times for Everton this season, so she's obviously got something to prove to her pirate parent club and to our fans, of course. So, hopefully, she gets a chance to prove herself in the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, the transfer window is still open as we record this show, so hopefully we'll hear more about potential signings over the next few days or so before the transfer window closes, and we'll talk about it on next week's podcast. Uh, we'll get into the games then. The first game we're going to go over was the 1-0 defeat to Reading uh, a few weeks ago now. It was plenty of hurrying. Lucy Stan looked to spark the attack when she got it. There were moments when we looked real fret, I thought. I watched the game back again today. Uh, we looked real threat on the break with the likes of Abby Grant running at the defence. Uh, Grant is better off centrally, I think. Play it, perhaps uh, she doesn't have the best crossing ability, but she makes up for that with smart runs into the box. And she's scored a few goals this season, of course, so she's also a threat. Uh, we got behind Reading a number of times, but lacked that final pass. We're talking about the Reading goal itself. Uh, it was our free kick, actually, near the touchline by Hampton. Um should she be taking the kick when it's quite close to the touchline, Chris? Because it kind of put her out of position to, for the quick break for Reading in this one. Um, I'm I'm not sure I've got a, a a massive issue with that. To be fair, obviously, you know, if 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 we defend it better, if we defend the ball back better, then um, you know, Hannah's positioning isn't isn't as important. Um, I don't think that was what cost the goal. Um, and and Hannah's kicking is. He's normally very good, so no, I don't think I've got an issue with that per se. No, no. Um, the ball was won back in midfield and then knocked forward to Eichland, who controlled it and then lobbed it over Han- Hannah in the goal. Uh, before that, though, I thought we were the more likely side to take the lead. Certainly no real danger from Reading, just a few offside runs from them before the goal. Uh, we responded well. Grant forced a good save immediately after the kickoff. It seems... To me, at least, that after the Chelsea drumming that big uh, five or six nil game that it was, uh, Marta is a bit hesitant to play on the counter now. I think at the moment that that's the best course of action for us. We see the likes of 
Arthur and Stanley Forth, who are both capable of finding that quick pass over the top for players like Grant to run onto. Um, and Kaz, do you think that's the way to go? We need to get back to basics and try and catch teams on the on the counter. Yeah, uh, I think we do. Um, like the Redden game was one of the, in my opinion, was probably one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. And how many times have we said that this season? There was just nothing. Like she didn't have a plan B, a a plan B or a plan C. It was just ridiculous. And then uh, with 15 minutes to go, Grant is taken off. Clearly doesn't look happy about it. I don't think Marta did too much wrong in terms of her decisions in this Reading game. Apart from maybe this particular incident, Grant going off a substitute. She looked the most likely to score in this game. Uh, Marta isn't to know, of course, that Brianna Vasali isn't going to get into the game at all after coming on. But maybe there were better options to replace than Grant Cress? Um, yeah, look, I, th- I think obviously, you know, we, we hear from, from the camp that there, there is no issue with Abby Grant's fitness, but she's, she always seems to be the first one taken off. Now, I don't know whether that's, whether that's just a, a thought embedded in, in the manager or the coaching staff's mind that Abby can't last longer than 60, 65, 70 minutes, but that, that seems to be the, the first change that you know the go-to first change every time is to bring Abby Grant off. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't there at Ready, and I've seen, like, like you say, I've seen bits of it. Um, I think Abby Grant is at the moment the focal point of the attack. Um, you know, she looks like the one who's who's going to get on the end of things when she plays out wide. She looks like she's going to be the one creating things when the when she gets the ball. Um, it's an odd one to, to 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 bring her off every time first. Um, if there isn't a fitness issue, um, it doesn't doesn't look like there's a fitness issue. I must admit, um, you know, when when you look up and down the squad, I think Abby Grant is probably you know right at the bottom of the of the list of people I'd be worrying about fitness wise. Um, but there, there must be something there. There must be something. Obviously, Abby wasn't happy at Reading. Uh, the same happened again against Man City, and she didn't look particularly happy coming off there either. But um, yeah, there's there, there's there's a number of decisions being made at the moment that which are which are leaving people scratching their heads, um, and and it's all adding up to to a pretty a pretty miserable atmosphere around the place at the moment. Yeah, and um, we did have a chance to get back into the game. Rachel Williams' header hit the post in the second half. So we were close, but unfortunately we took nothing away from Adams Park. Uh, then, of course, this past weekend, we ho- a home game against Manchester City, a 2-0 defeat, less than a minute on the clock, and uh, Jill Scott sweeps the ball into the box for Ellen White to finish from close range. Uh, it's not an ideal situation, Kaz. A team you know is going to be full of quality and you let them slip in right in the first minute of the game. Yeah, uh, well, I wasn't there for the start of the game. so I That's how early it was. <laughs> well, I, I think I came just before half-time. Yeah, um, half-hour. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not their best um, situation to be in, is it, against Man City? But... It's Ellen White, what, what do you expect? Do you know what I mean? We've seen her do that for us in the past and give Ellen a sniff at goal and she's going to punish you. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, def- it was definitely definitely uphill from there. Yeah. Um, standing fourth credit to her, she took a long-range effort shortly after to force a good save from Ellie Roebuck. Then Ellen White missed an absolute sitter at the back post, which I think she was being a bit kind to us, to be honest, with that one. She skied it over the top from about five or six yards. Uh, Hampton then struggled a bit with the sun in the first half, I thought, choosing not to wear a cap. Is that is that just a personal issue, Chris? Wearing a cap or not? It's just a person. What keepers feel more, more comfortable about? Do you think? It's, it's definitely a preference thing, you know. Obviously, if Hannah, if Hannah feels that wearing a cap is is gonna is gonna deter her from from playing a natural game, then um, you know I'd rather her not wear one. But um, I, I think the, the you know the, the, the sun obviously, you know, if it's a if it's a two o'clock kickoff, there's a chance that the sun's going to affect both keepers at some point. But um, yeah, look, Hannah, she made a she made a number of good saves um, in the first and second half. So I don't think I don't think the cap stopped her, you know, doing anything that that um, that she wouldn't have done normally. Let's say. No, absolutely. As you say, she made a couple of great saves nonetheless, and Lucy Whip became one of the most influential defenders in our team. At one point, she made. Uh, two clearances off the line in both halves to deny Man City further goals. Uh, Scott, then Jill Scott, that is, lays off it once more to Kira Walsh, who hit it first time, and a side-footed effort goes in off the post, out of the reach of Hannah Hampton. Uh, Stanley Forth's deflective eff- effort in the second half narrowly went wide also. I don't think we tested Roebuck enough in this game, given the conditions she had to work with. Obviously, Hannah struggled a bit in the first half with the sun, but I don't think we made the most of the sun in the second half because we didn't try our luck enough. I think we had about three, three, three shots or three or four shots in the whole game and only a couple of those were on target. So I don't think we tested Roebuck enough and I don't think most teams do, but I don't know if that's because of how good the defence is. She's rarely tested and when she does, she makes good saves. But it, strangely, given how effective Grant was uh, against Reading, I thought, we didn't seem to find her at all against Man City. She was taken off in the second half, as you mentioned earlier, Chris after a pretty anonymous performance, but something we don't often say about the Scottish player, that she's out of the game because she's usually very influential. Chris, I believe you mentioned Man City didn't really need to get out of second gear on social media. I think that came out uh, in just how sloppy they were with some of their chances. Who, who City? Yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if, if I, it genuinely felt like if, you know, um, when Chelsea came and... Uh, and won six nil. It honestly felt like if if City really fancied it, they they could have done the same again. Um, e- even playing at you know the twenty twenty five thirty percent of their maximum. You know, like you mentioned the Ellen chance at at the back post. Um, Lucy Whip had headed one off the line. Hannah made two or three good saves. So there's there's six or seven. You know that that it could easily have been, um, you know, with with City playing such simple, you know, basic football. Really, you know, the, I think that, that's the thing that's disappointing me most about um about Blues at the moment is that it just seems to be going through the phases, going through the motions. Um, you know, whether it, it's it's clearly that the you know the manager has told them to, the the way that she wants them to play. Um, she made a comment after the Reading game about you know the fact that in the second half at one nil down, it, it, you know she made the comment that we're not playing the way that 
she wants us to play. We didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't p- keep possession enough and 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 get the ball forward forward enough quickly. And um, it's it's about there's more than that to football, um, you know, especially against Reading. And and I think it's the it's just the passive nature of the way we're going about things at the moment. Um, there doesn't appear to be much confidence in the manager. There doesn't appear to be much confidence in the way that you know we're being told to play, um, uh, and and ultimately it's it's leading to to powder puff performances. Um, you know, against Man City, listen, we, we've we've played Man City a lot over the last five or six years. Um, we're going to get beaten by Man City with, with the current squad we've got because they've got better players, but. He, You'd like to see a bit of a bit of grit, you know, get in their faces a little bit, make it difficult for Man City. Um, uh, honestly, it's the easiest game Man City will play this season. They could have just got back on the coach, not bothered going into the dressing room, and 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 gone back to Manchester because you know they they didn't break a sweat in the whole game, uh, and that's the disappointing aspect of it. Yeah, it was um, interesting to see that. It seemed like it was a tactic not to press them high up from the, from the off. It seemed like they wanted to step off them a bit, which is unusual mm. given the team that we're but playing. Look at the first course. goal. Look at the first goal. They they kick off and we don't get a touch in 34 seconds. They play it all across the back. They take their time. Um, you know, and and, and they eventually it comes down the right hand side. And Jill Scott just you know just a canter jogs through the middle of the park completely unnoticed. Um, puts a ball across and there's Ellen White completely unnoticed and unmarked as well and you know 34 seconds in they're one nil up and you you, the 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 game plan you know the the way the game is going to go is already set Man City know 34 seconds in that they've they've got an absolute stroll on this afternoon um you know and and that's really disappointing um uh, this isn't this isn't a criticism of the players because you know clearly you know, uh, if you can't if you can't show a, a you know a bit of fighting tenacity at Reading away, then you're not, you're certainly not going to do it against Man City. You know, and there, there, there's a there's something lacking. There's definitely something lacking at Blues. It it doesn't feel like Blues at the moment. It just feels like you know insert a generic WSL team with with a foreign manager who who clearly has has the way that she wants the team to play. And and it's not working, but she's not budging. She she doesn't understand the club. She doesn't understand the fans, um, and it's it's leading to what we've got at the moment. I talked about it after the Man City game earlier in the season when we lost away from home that we were just not on that level of Man City anymore. Mm. And Kaz, um, we we still are trying to outpass teams like Man City. We le- we learned how dangerous they were last time, and we're still not changing the way we're playing to com- combat sides that are considered better than us because of their league position, because of the players they have. And we aren't the side of last season where we can play what I, I used to call Skinner ball, trying to dominate the possession and waiting for that moment to strike. I just don't think it works against Man City. Definitely not. Like, the last couple of games, there's been no passion whatsoever on that pitch. And the only person who, that, who needs to get the passion back into the players is the manager and if the manager's not doing it then what do you do do you know what I mean like the fans don't want to be there 
if the fans don't want to be there, the players don't want to be there, if that's blatantly, obviously, that a, a certain player wants out of the club. So, and how many players did we lose in the summer? Six? Last, last, it was about 10 in the summer, wasn't it? Last right. summer. Yeah. All due to the manager. I, I can't speak for the players myself, but, but that's, not, that's your opinion, of course, but, Kaz. You know what I mean? So, if you, if you can see players aren't happy, right, you can see the fans aren't happy and the performances aren't showing that nobody has faith in the manager because obviously they're not playing for Marta. Do you know what I mean? Get bloody rid. We it's an it's, a, it's an interesting time because obviously it was this time last year that they were obviously trying to negotiate contracts and it's going to be another time where certain contracts are going to be up in the summer. Especially we, we talk, we've talked about Lucy Staniforth. We know her contracts out in the summer. You've got I think Brianna Vasali's out in the summer. Chloe Arthur's out in the summer. Harriet Scott's out in the summer. Keris is out in the summer. Rachel's out in the summer. There's Massive players who could leave this club if things don't turn around. And it seems like it's um, a turning point, a fork in the road, I suppose, so to speak. Uh, with the games out of the way, um, let's consider this then, this current state of play. We are currently 10th in the Women's Super League, just one point above the relegation zone now after Liverpool's win over Bristol City. In all competitions, we have won just one match in the last five matches. Uh, and have the biggest month of the season coming up. Blues have games against Liverpool, Bristol City and Brighton and Hove Albion, all in February. That's huge. And as and we, as a show, are here to discuss what course of action we take if we were the club. Uh, Marta Teodor has been in charge now for exactly one year. She was appointed on the 21st of January 2019. Funny how... The podcast aligns with that. Um, during her 24 matches in charge, she has won 10 of them, lost 13 and drawn just the one. Her record is slightly better than previous manager Mark Skinner, which surprised a few people. He would have put a course point to the spring series and how he tinkered to find out who would fit into the club for his first full season in charge. That opinion is, of course, valid and it proved to work in the long run. Others will point to Marta having the fruits of Mark's labour at the end of last season to skew how well she did. We had a great squad last season, of course, but you need to consider also the drop-off this season in comparison. Whatever the reasons they are for leaving, a lot of players left in the summer and a whole new club, a whole new squad rather, takes a lot of work to click. A lot of games this season have been tight and we have narrowly lost more often than not. So is Marta the problem? Or does she need to be more flexible in how she wants to play in order for us to turn these defeats into draws or even wins? Uh, what do you think, Kaz, first of all? I think Matt is a problem. I think if you ask any fan, you can see that she's a problem. She can't speak English to start with, like fluent English. She's always got somebody screaming instructions out to the players. Well, that should be coming from the manager. And then the couple of games that Keris has been out, She's been screaming from up, up in the box more than what the manager's been doing. Do you know what I mean? It's not Kez's job to get the team motivated. It, it isn't. But also, considering when, when Mark was manager, he took, for, for the last season, when he was comfortable with the, what the team were doing, he would be willing for other coaches to do the verbal stuff for him while he was sitting higher up to get a different perspective on the game. Obviously, she's not sitting at the top. She's obviously on the pitch herself. But if she feels more comfortable for other coaches to speak, like um, Emma Hayes, she doesn't always be the ones shouting out instructions at Chelsea. 
I think Kelly Chambers leaves her assistant, does more of the shouting as well. So what do you think, Chris? Um, I, I think the the shouting and 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 the touchline stuff is is a little bit of a red herring. I agree that she, you know she she could do more, she should do more, and maybe if she did do more, it would earn her a little bit more respect from from players and fans. Um, but ultimately, Mark, you you know the, the people you've mentioned there, Mark Emma Hayes, people like you know Mark used to go upstairs. Because he's got ultimate faith in his coaching staff and ultimate faith in the players, and you know when it wasn't working, he could always come down and do something about it. Um, and that, you know, similar to Emma, I'm sure at Chelsea, you know, she's got ultimate ultimate faith in her coaching staff and players that she doesn't need to be what the one ranting and raving. But um, you know, when things were going wrong, Mark was the one to you know to step in. Um, when he wasn't happy, he, he, you know, he, he let it be known. But I'm just, I'm just there's, there's obviously, you know, the, the type of person she is. She isn't that type of person to go ranting and raving. I'm sure she, I'm sure she can get upset and disappointed, and you know, let the players know that she's not happy. But there is just, there, there just appears to be such a lack of, a lack of connection between the manager and the coaching staff and the players and the fans at the moment. Um, and the, I think the obvious answer is to say, you know, she's she's way out of a depth. She's not doing a good enough job and she has to go. The only issue, as you pointed out, is the run of fixtures. If you make a change now, somebody comes in, you know, who doesn't know the players with the three biggest games of the season coming. You know, if you... you You've really got to be taking six to seven points out of these three games if we're going to stay up. You know, Bristol, Bristol threw the complete anomaly out by winning at Man United, and then Liverpool threw it out by winning at Bristol. So, um, but you know, every, everybody knows what these games mean now in February, and we're the only team not showing the the qualities that you want in a relegation scrap. You know. Do I trust? Do I trust Marta to go into Liverpool away a week on Sunday, saying we've got a we've got a battle for our lives here, we've got to work our socks off, or will she go in and go, this is the way to beat them? You have to, you know, you have to play my way, and and if it doesn't work, if Liverpool out battle us on the day, then you know that. And, and the way things are going, that seems perfectly feasible at the moment, which is the worry. Um, you know, it's easy it's easy to say play pretty football when you've got you know top level players. And this isn't a criticism of the players, by the way, um, because we've shown we went to Bristol, we didn't out battle Bristol in at Bristol. We were better than them because we've got better players than Bristol. Our players are better than Bristol's. You know, so on on the day, if you try and play football against Bristol, you probably will beat them. But you know, I, and we've got, but we've got better players than Brighton. But we got out battled and out fought at Brighton and lost three nil. Um, so it can work both ways. And and when you're at this stage of the season, you cannot afford to be shirking. You cannot afford to be neglecting your your battling qualities um, and and relying purely on your footballing ability. This is, of course, her first job in the top flight in any anywhere in the world. Obviously, she's been an international manager. She was also the manager of CD Tacon, 
the team that will become Real Madrid in the second tier of Spanish football. She was well regarded when she was appointed. But in hindsight, it's a lot for someone to come into a top division, especially in the circumstances she came into, and turn a team around that goes from fighting for the title, essentially, to fighting for relegation. And as you say, Chris, it's going to be—it's it's a tough time now, and especially with the uh, run of uh, matches that are coming up. Kaz, is this time to change managers, or, or as Chris pointed out, is it just too close to the games to make such a drastic change? Well, I'll have to agree with Fev on this one. Uh, sorry, Pew, just to wind him up a bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah, you probably are right not to get rid of the manager now because of the three important games. But it's just, we lose these three games and we're dead and buried. Yeah. Like, there's no comeback for us. And then we want people to, re- we want contracts to be re signed, like Kez and Rich and that. They won't want to sign for a championship side. I mean, that's the that's the last thing you know people will be thinking me? about at the moment. Is it contracts? You know, people like Harrop and um, Chloe Arthur, and that the, the last thing that they should be thinking of at the moment is where they're going to be next season. But with with the way the manager go, you know, we saw it last season with the way the managers that's come in, and you know that that connection isn't there. That, you know, that, that's another worry. What is on the players' minds going ahead of the Liverpool game, get ahead of the Bristol game? Is it we need? Is it I am absolutely desperate to win this game for Blues, or is it? Oh, there's always there's always Bristol or Brighton next season if we go down. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, in the same way that that they, for personal pride, you want to be you don't want to be labelled as a team that went down, someone no. who's brought your team down and then from a club perspective they're going to be worried about contracts they might not want to offer the players the money that they should get because just in case they go down they're going to have to pay them wages that won't re- reflect a team that's not in the top league so it, it, it's it's not good on any side at the moment the situation that we're in in a place and, where we could lose so many good players and remember this is this is a club at the moment that can't even file a confirmation statement on time you know, no, it took, so, took them, what, three months, did it? After you the... know, <laughs> an overdue confirmation statement of, like, two months. And, we, and we, you know, we saw the debacle of the contract situation last season. Do You know, there's there's hardly... There could be no trust in the club at the moment to get contract situations sorted out this season either. You know, that's obviously... That's something in the back of your minds at the moment, considering the three games that are coming up. Go on, Cass. So, right... Just changing a little bit here. The players should look at Villa, right? And think, we've got a derby next season if we stay in the league. That should be their aim. We can't get relegated and Villa get promoted. We'd be just a laughing stock then, come next season. And it would be the first time Blues have been relegated ever, I believe. Yeah. Mm. And what a time to do it if if Villa go up, as you say, yeah. Can we please stop mentioning that team, please? Sorry. The 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 team from Boldmere. Very unwell. <laughs> Switching up slightly, Kaz. Um, looking ahead to the next few games and such, uh, as we know, you're a big fan of Grant and what she brings to this club. Uh, where do you see her best position is? Does she need to be that focal point at the front rather than putting the balls out uh, from the wide wide area? Uh, what I can remember when she played for Glasgow against Blues, she was on the wing and she looked very, very good on the wing. Um. Personally, I would like to see a, 
that us bring a centre forward in to work with Grant. That's, yeah. that's my personal opinion. Um, whether it happens or not, probably not. Um, but I think Abby's one of these players, she can put her anywhere and she will try and do her best for the team. You could probably stick her in goal and she yeah. would just try, she would just do her best, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, the only reason I mention it is because I think Rachel's Rachel's been a bit isolated. She's been coming very deep in the last few games to try and get herself into the play. So perhaps having someone she can uh, be behind and maybe play onto as opposed to being that forward line when we've been a bit isolated with the way we've been playing. I seriously think we might see Sheffield, um, Emma Kelly. Like when Emma Kelly came on, I thought that there was a good balance there with the team. There was a bit more of a directness then, yeah. 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 So maybe it's if you have Grant on one side and Emma on the other with Rach. Yeah, quite possibly. Something might happen. But personally, I would drop a, I would drop a midfielder, not mentioning no names, but the looks <laughs> that we were getting on Sunday, yeah. Drop her, put Rach, maybe he's there to attack, and put Kelly, Claudia and Abby. So then you've got Rich still in midfield, but if we need a goal, she's still on the pitch. And then we've still got three attacking-minded players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, because I, I feel, as, as, as we've already pointed out, there's not much fight in that midfield at the moment. Not, not mm. for, I, for some reason, whatever. I, I feel like if you put someone like Brianna Vasali and Sarah Mailing in that, they, they, would, they, would, they would be players that would get stuck in. And that maybe be a basis for someone more creative to play off of. But then, then do what? What do you do in defence? Do you move Harriet Scott over now that Harriet uh, Keris is back? Do we leave, bring Lily Simkin leave, back in? Yeah. yeah. She shouldn't have been flipped and dropped in the first place. You know what I mean? She's been our player of the season so far, right? And you drop her. She's not even on the flipping bench. The woman hasn't got a bloody clue. I think there's an issue of having too many defensive players on the bench because we, when, when we looked at the squad for Man City, the, the bench was very lacking in attacking options, I think, because we've pretty much got all of them on the pitch at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think there's, a, there's definitely a, a, an element of me which, at the moment, you know, it's difficult because you, you've just got to change your entire thinking about Blues you know, from, from a year ago. You know, when it was marked, you're more than happy with this four-two-three-one system with the one up front, which was always Ellen. Um, you know, but you had players working around her, and it worked. Or, or there was the option of three at the back. Now, both of those at the <coughs> moment clearly are not working. Right, you're you're bang on that Rachel's isolated up top. She looks completely lost. Um, you know, and uh, again, absolutely no no disparity against Rachel Williams. You know. Her, her, her performances this season, the system's just not working to accommodate her. Um, I think there's a there's an element of me which which says just go completely back to basics. You know, get four 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 two. Everybody organised. Everybody knows their role. Um, I think with Lily Simpkin, you have to be careful because she's she's obviously very young. Um, you, know, you don't want to burn her out. You don't want to get her into you know, involved in, especially in a side that aren't playing well at the moment, you know, and aren't picking up results. You know, you don't want to play in that sort of environment a lot too early. Um, but I would, I would, I would play Lily Simpkin at right back. She'd be my first choice right back at the moment. And I think 
if you went Harriet and Keris as your two centre halves, Adrian left back, and but you just you got that solidity back. You got you, you got everybody knowing their roles. You could have Sarah Malin right midfield. Um, you know, I also would bring Bree back into the starting eleven. Um, you know, you could have Bree and Chloe Arthur as your central midfield too. Um, you could have Lucy Stan out left or as the one behind the striker. I think Abby Grant alongside Rachel Williams as a front two would work. I think there's the, you know there's options, but the, the and again it ultimately it goes back to the manager. This is the style she wants. This is the way she wants the players to play, and she's not budging. She's not budging. It's 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 a very regimented way that she wants she wants them to play, even though it's clear as day it's not working. It's getting the players down. It's getting the fans down. Yeah, but there's not. We're we're not creating enough chances with the way we're playing. And and as you say, it going back to basics to some degree is important. And you've you obviously got Georgia Brown coming as well. She's yeah, an option yeah. at centre back as well. Yeah. So I I just feel it's not it's nothing against uh, Rebecca Holloway, but she just isn't a defender. And we we heard um, Karis talking to uh, Switch Sport the other day. And she was talking about when she made her debut, she was actually a midfielder herself. And mm. then she was played in centre-back because they got an injury. And it feels like they're trying to create that same magic again with Rebecca Holloway this season. And it's just it just feels like she's, she makes mistakes that you, you're okay to make if you're a midfielder because you've got someone behind you. But she's make, when she makes them in defence, it's obviously 10 times worse because you're the last line of defence. And I feel like her confidence would get better if she got a, a, a game in midfield at some points and then allowed someone to take her place in that defensive line. I totally agree. Like, I would love to see Bex play in midfield, you know what I mean? What she is, she's a midfield player. It would be interesting to see Becky in midfield, you know, and, uh, and I think, obviously, you know, the fact that she's come into the club and been thrust into this position, which isn't hers... You know, it's obviously you know it's been really difficult for her. Um, where do you get? Where do you put her in midfield? That's the one position that you don't need another another player in. Is is central midfield really? You know, you've got an abundance of players who can play there. I don't. I don't think she get even with a midfield three. I don't think she gets into your first into a first choice midfield three. Having said that, I've never seen her play central midfield. So you know, maybe I am being harsh on her. I think I think she just needs that uh, pressure taken off her because she's yeah. constantly under pressure at the moment because she's the, the she's essentially playing the playing um, Harriet Scott's playing the role of Keris Harrop because she's a player who's got experience in defence and she's and even though she's yes. not a centre back she's playing that role talking to everyone trying to hold that back line yeah. and now Keris is back maybe. Holloway can get a rest and maybe that will do a, a confidence all the, all good. Yeah, uh, and, and obviously you know in you know in, in football in general, you know when, when a player is is having a tough time, it's best to take them out of the limelight at times. But obviously with the defensive issues that we've had, you know with the injuries and the lack of defenders that we've had, it's it's been impossible to take her out. Yeah, absolutely. Just rounding up this conversation then, um obviously she I, th- I think we all agree that she needs to be flexible, Marta. If she can change and allow for a bit more flexibility in the way we play, we might be able to turn this around. And uh, we, as we saw against Liverpool earlier in the season, we played them off the park in that first half. 
in that big win that we got. Mm. I think it was two 0 win. Yeah. So that we are capable of winning these games. It's just turning the mindset after a really tough run of fixtures recently. And if we if we if we struggle, we're going to come on to the Sheffield game in a bit. But if we struggle in that, it's going to, the confidence is going to go again. So it's it, it's important that we find a way to change it around. If that's formation wise or tweak something, she needs to learn to change. Otherwise, it's going to be just running into that brick wall again. Kaz, final point on this conversation? I, I don't even think I've got... I can say any, any more on it, mate. I think we've all said our piece on it, haven't we? So, yeah, it's just depressing. We, we've ruined Kaz. It's, it's like that dog... <laughs> like, like, like that really happy dog on Friends that just spent, <laughs> spent a day with Joey and he was just a bit sad. Um, Chris, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I think... You mentioned about the Liverpool game, and that that's that's the frustration for me that we've shown this season that you know yes we lost ten players last season, but we've still got good players at the, at this at this club. You know the players that are playing are good players. They're not as good as Man City's players. They're, you know they're not as good as the, the top three. You know that's uh, there's no shame in that. Um, but it's. There's, there's something clearly not right because the, the, the performances, you know, the most recent performances that we've had, um, you know, since since that Bristol win just before Christmas, obviously the United game was was uh, was suspended, uh, postponed, sorry. So, um, you know, the, the three games that we've had this season, we, we just haven't, we haven't shown that enough. You know, we haven't got the best out of the players that we've got. Um, that needs to that needs to drastically change, like you say in February. Um, I think Sunday is obviously big. It could give us a big a big confidence boost going into those games. We end this week's show by looking ahead to that game on Sunday, and that is a trip to Sheffield United at the Proact Stadium. United beat Coventry United at the weekend. They bounce back from defeat to Manchester City and the team from Boldmere St Michael's, Aston Villa. <laughs> um, do you expect a tough game, Chris, given their league form, seeing as they're fighting for promotion to the WSL? Yes, I do. Um, they've, they've got some, they've got some good players, a lot of WSL experience. Obviously, players that have played for Blues as well. So, um, you know, we 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 played them last season in the Conti Cup. Uh, it was it was pretty comfortable, but it was only a two 0 victory. Um, obviously, I think they've improved since then and you know we've lost players since then you know I, I just hope we we go there with a you know that that this game is important um you know don't think of it as as the FA Cup and the league's important this game is important you know the the potential to 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 get a bit of confidence back to score some goals um to to get to get a connection going between the players again um I think it's I think it's really important that we go there with a positive mindset and not one of oh this is a potential banana skin. United have former Blues players as you mentioned, Chris Maddie Cusack and Katie Wilkinson. Wilkinson in particular scored a superb goal against Coventry at the weekend, a one touch to set it. Then she lashes it into the net off the bar from distance. Their manager Carla Ward is highly respected, someone who's played for the likes of Leeds United, Sheffield FC and Lincoln ladies during her playing career. Uh, what do you expect from Sheffield on Sunday, Kaz? 
a hell of a lot. Like they've got some fantastic players, like you said, you've just mentioned too. You've got Sophie Barker as well, Baker, um, who's a cracking um defender. I think it's gonna be a tough one this this game on Sunday. Yes, I've broke me tonight. I don't know what to <laughs> I can't get me bloody words out. Um as as for blues, um what do we expect lineup wise? Um will Marta rotate or will be she she be looking for a usual eleven to do the business, Chris? She best not rotate. Um, yeah, she best not rotate. No, she best not rotate. Um she has to she we have to go there, like I said, just we have to go there with 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 the mindset that this is a this is an important game. This is a, this is a game where we can where we can really build something, you know, ahead for February, which is such a massive month. So I hope she plays the the, the full eleven. You know, show show Sheffield the respect that they deserve. You know, they're a side that are are building on and off the pitch to be a WSL side. Um, so let's show them the respect they deserve. Uh, let's go there with with our strongest team available, and and let's let's go and and get some confidence back and progress to the next round of the cup. Um, it was in the FA Cup. It was the first game that Marta was manager last year in the FA Cup. It was a 3-1 win at Yeovil Town mm. last season. So she's obviously got a history of winning in this cup. Obviously, we lost in the next round to Reading. Again, similar similar result recently. But yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what team she plays because it's going to be, it's going to show where her priorities are in terms of does she want to boost the confidence of the players currently and or is she trying to I don't know rest them ahead of big games it's 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 a it's a touch uh tight rope to walk really for her um Chris predictions what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday um I think uh I think Sheffield United are going to give it a go um if we can score early then that might just temper their expectations a little bit um I will go. I'll go a repeat of the Oval game last season. I'll go three-one Blues. Three-one Blues. What about you, Kaz? Can we squeeze a prediction out of you? One-nil Blues. One-nil Blues. I was going to go one-nil Blues. I'll change it. One, uh, no, no, no. One-one-nil. No, no. Abby Grant to score the winner. Well, the okay. only goal. Abby Grant to score. I'll go for. I'm going to go Claudia Walker. At some point, she's going to score a goal, and hopefully, it's this weekend. Mm. That's that's all for this week's show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can get on, on Twitter at GreatSin68 to share your score predictions. Nice nice dog in the background. <laughs> Shut up, man! <laughs> a, preview of the, a preview of the crowd <laughs> this weekend. Uh, if, you, if you want to speak to Kaz on Twitter, you can follow her at uh, team underscore Schroeder. You can talk to Chris at AWCAIB. You can talk to me at Craig Hadley. And that's all for this week's show. It's been an enjoyable uh, 45 minutes or so. Hope you've enjoyed it too. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep right on.